This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, welcome and thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly. If you do have any questions or concerns about the outdoors, wow, is this year been a fantastic spring. I think this has been the best one ever. Some of the early things started in flower. We had some warm weather that pushed them a little bit, then cool weather that kept them looking great. And the dogwoods right now are absolutely spectacular. So you can call 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And Maria, you got hockey blues stuff on. Yes, I do. So is that because they're still in the playoffs? Yes. Ah, (laughs) you're so loyal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not you're not into sports. No. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not into it. It's just you get overwhelmed with it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Yeah. Did right. you see any of the game last night? No. It was a very <laughs> exciting game. Did they win? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. They did. They lead the series. <laughs> so they got a touchdown. To none. I don't know what it. Or is it called yeah, a goal? It's a goal. <laughs> goal. <laughs> he shoots. He scores. Right. <laughs> so you got a big change coming. I do. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's going to be fun. Right. I'm missing you on Saturday, so. Well, sure. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> like the garbage truck going down the no, street. No, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with the garbage truck. I'm always glad to see them as well. Right, exactly. But, no, I will miss you. Well. Our little chats. <laughs> That's very true. And same with me. And, uh, you know, Banana Kelly, I don't know about talking <laughs> Banana with Banana Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> talking uh, with him. The only difference is we were discussing this before. The good news might be the banana peel might be over in my trash. That's can, true. Because he'll be on this side <laughs> of the board now. So, <laughs> Well, great. Well, I'll see you at the uh, 9 o'clock news. You will. Have a good show. All right. Every Saturday morning, we're going to get together and we're going to discuss your yard, landscape, garden, houseplants, potting mix, soil improvement, pruning, bugs, diseases, planting, removals, and everything else. But please remember my words are strictly to open opportunities Afterwards, it's going to take you to coordinate your efforts physically and mentally in this great marathon called gardening. Even if you have a small yard, even if you just have a balcony and a condominium or anything else, it doesn't matter. It's never going to be a sprint, though. Well, I guess I shouldn't say never because you can go someplace, buy a plant that's in flower, bring it home. That's a sprint, but keeping it alive or anything else, now that's a different story. And remember, this is your show, and I appreciate you being here And thanks to Matt. He's producing today, and uh, I always feel comfortable with him. All the producers here are really, really good. Even I mean, they're all really young, but they're all really hip to what's going on. Where I'm so old, they don't let me touch any buttons here. So, I mean, I have to wear these really, like, boxing glove type things so I don't touch any buttons. As they said, keep your hands off those buttons. Anyway, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline for uh, quite a while, since 1994. And I've written five gardening books. Two are currently available in various locations. During the week, I do landscape consulting. So if you'd like for me to come over to your home and do a walk and talk, 
Go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, the homepage. There's going to be an email address and a phone number where I can be reached. And today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. On my way, whether on my in a car, my car, on my bike, it doesn't matter. Many times I go east on Bates. There's some great homes along there and a lot of nice landscaping on many of them. And uh, once you get to Bates and Arundis, the Holly Hills Community Garden, what a treat that is. It's co-sponsored more or less by Gateway Greening and the Holly Hills Improvement Association. Those are the names on the sign. And this sign is embraced by Knockout Roses. The Knockout Roses, it's hard to believe how many buds my Knockout Roses in in this community garden have this early. I mean, it is still mid-April. But so it's just this year has just been nothing but it's just perfect. That's all I can say. And behind the knockout roses, there are some spireas and there's a few other things as well. Redbud trees in a nice grove. There's a rain garden, too, which surrounds a stormwater intake. And that's highlighted by daylilies on one side and then some other knockout roses on the, I guess that would be the east side. Individual beds fill this entire area which is called a community garden that's what a community garden is it's basically a plot of land where people can come in and take care of like a plot a side you know usually it's about four or five feet wide and about 10 or 12 feet long and you can pretty much put anything in there you want you can put vegetables you can put flowers you can do i don't want to say anything but pretty much pretty anything and there was one i was looking across the way i thought wow what are all those white flowers turned out i walked over there strawberries we're filling this bed, and there were so many flowers on the strawberry plants. This is going to be a, you know, a really great year for strawberries as well, locally grown, obviously, on Bates Avenue. And uh, some of the bed spaces had been cleared. They hadn't been planted yet, but they were getting ready to be. And as I looked up in the sky, there's like a three-quarter moon straight to the south. So it was great. And uh, there are some peony cages that are sitting there, and I don't think they grew peonies in these peony cages. So that does just because they're called peonies cages doesn't mean you have to grow peonies. But there were some vines. I forget what kind of vines there were, but they're they're you know they haven't come up yet, so it's a little bit tough to tell. But there was something I haven't seen for a while, or I hadn't seen here for a while. There's a bed that's called a research pollinator habit, and it's co-sponsored by the conservation department and St. Louis University. So, and behind that and going on the west side and then around to the south side are river birches and somebody's doing some pruning on the river birch. So they're limbing the tree, you know, limbing it up <laughs> and allowing more light in and everything else. There are some budded iris, there's lambs here, there's daisies, there's ornamental grasses. In the, in the far corner, a shed and a picnic table sits and uh, waiting for somebody to come if they want to work or do whatever. Weeding and pruning all over the place. There was actually a clematis that was in flower. I, I hate to interrupt, oh. but I, I, I left something in here I have to get. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a stinky one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he got that banana, <laughs> banana peel. I like bananas, but banana peels scare me to death. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there was a, actually a clematis in bloom, which I don't know if I've ever seen clematis in bloom this time of year. So it go, shows you what a great winter we had, great early spring and mid-spring now in almost, let's see, well, we still got another month of spring. Well, yes, we do. We got more than a month. 
We're barely into the first month of spring, technically. Raspberry bushes, they were budded and showing some color. There were some green, uh, gray Russian sage foliage that were showing off. No colors yet, but it's sitting there. And also there was robins and starlings and sparrows adding song and animation as the sun was rising. It was a perfect day in the Holly Hills Community Garden. So, great day. Mike Miller, KMWAX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, to the phones we go. And if you do have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's start off in Oakville and go into Linda's yard. Linda, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Um, I have a question about hydrangeas. It's probably been answered before, but I have three of them, and I forgot to cover them when we got that cold snap last month. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, I'm not really sure. I think that they, the two might bloom on old wood, but they're only coming out at the very base. That's the only part that's green. And do I have to leave all of that dead top to them all summer? It looks pretty bad. Or, you know, if I don't leave it, will they ever bloom again? That hasn't really nothing. Depending upon the variety determines the PG hydrangea is a spring bloomer. Many of them bloom in the summertime. So what you need to do is if something's not looking good, you know, and it's not pushing out, it hasn't pushed out any foliage at all by now, I would say go ahead and cut it off. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, so they would grow. They're just, you know, there's just maybe like two, three inches at the bottom that's right. green coming out, you know, from the roots. So that will grow, maybe grow back and bloom again? Right. It should. But they're probably summer bloomers. So this is what you would, you know, typically expect to have happen. So in other words, it was cold, but it shouldn't have been cold enough. If these were varieties of the, of the hydrangea that blooms later on or in the springtime as versus later on, then you would have had some damage, but it wouldn't have killed the twigs all the way down to the ground. It wasn't quite that cold. It was more like foliar damage and those kind of things if leaves had been emerging on them. So I wouldn't be overly concerned with them. <laughs> okay, let's, Matt's trying to tell me something. Uh, oh, okay. And let's go now to Belleville and into Elizabeth's yard. Hi, Elizabeth. Yes, hi. Um, I have a President Lincoln lilac that's just under three years old, and it has not bloomed yet. Can I expect it to bloom? Uh, It should be in flower right now, actually. So maybe it's because it's young. I don't know that particular variety of uh, lilac. Some of them can bloom a little bit later. Does it look healthy? You're not pruning it or anything, are you? No, I'm not. And it, the the actual shrub, it's got it's growing. It's spreading leaves out. It, you know, it's got little suckers at the bottom, and it looks healthy. I just don't have any blooms. It is in a sunny spot. So it is in sunny. Yes. That's what they really want. So the best thing to do, or you know, the only thing it could be is some plants are going to be a little bit later. You know, as far as when they're installed to be able to flower. So this particular variety is probably one that may be even to take another year or so before you're going to get any kind of flowers on it. Now, a lot of times what happens is when you buy it in a nursery, you're buying it. Wow, this is great. It has flowers on it. But when they're coming out of production nurseries, many times, let's say they're given steroids to produce you know, flower buds way, you know, premature of what you would anticipate in a regular landscape, you know, in somebody's home. So I would say just patience is the best thing you can do. 
Yeah, I bought this as a bare root, and oh. it is an heirloom variety. Right. So, okay. And my second question, can I divide my hyacinths now, or do I need to wait until the fall? Uh, you could do it now, but I would wait until the foliage starts really getting brownish. Are we talking okay. the grape hyacinths, the little bitty ones? No, the standard size Okay. Ones. Uh, I, when the foliage starts going brown at least halfway, then you can dig them up and, you know, divide them at that time. Because okay. it would be very difficult to remember where they were to dig them up in the fall. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. what I do with some of my bulbs is some I have growing in pots. When the foliage is finished, so in other words, it's brown, I pull them, out, you know, pull them up out of the pots or sometimes I have some of them in the ground. Then I just clean them off, and I just store them in paper bags for the entire summertime, and then I replant them in the fall like at the normal time where if you were buying bulbs from a retail garden center, you would have those bulbs to plant at that time, as opposed to just digging them up and moving them to a new location. Okay. I was going to keep them in the same location. It's just I've got one that has three plants coming off of it. So That's not all that bad. Oh, okay. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to dig them up just for the sake of that. Oh, all right. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep, sure. And Bye. now let's go to uh, John in St. Anne. Hi, John. Hi, how are you doing today? Very good. Good. I, I'm, uh, I got a bunch of knockout roses, and, and, uh, and I'm looking at them, and, and some, of, some of the leaves and stems are, are coming out with uh, good-looking good leaves, and they've got some bulbs on them ready to roll. But right. There's a lot of them that are, are, like, really almost shriveled up and yellow and got yellow dots on them all. And, and should, I, should I trim those off? Yeah, I'd get rid of those, and it sounds like you might have... It's a little premature for any kind of fungus problem, but anything that really looks unhealthy now on a knockout rose, because I've seen lots of them throughout the entire metropolitan area. You know, community gardens and my own, you know, growing in you know, pots myself and all kinds of other places, and they all look pretty vigorous. Now, they could have, you know, suffered damage during that cold spell because initially when I put my... You know, I had my, let's say, knockout roses in my garage... For winter protection, I brought them out, and then we had that cold snap, and then all the foliage on it just shriveled up. I thought, oh, God, what's going to happen with this? Yeah, and yeah. then they just they turned around, and they really popped and really looking very great. So I would say prune out anything that doesn't look good right now. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yep, and also get some rose food and start feeding them once a month with rose food. All right. Uh, okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yep, and Mike Miller, KM Walks Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, back to the phones we go. And if you do have any questions or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head out to New Douglas and go into LD's yard. Hi, LD. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I have an observation for the lady with the lilac in... uh, Belleville, at least it worked for me. Okay. Uh, give it about a half a cup of um, of um, uh, triple superphosphate O forty five O, and that'll encourage it to bloom. It's worked on a lot of stuff for me when it was in bloom. Great, perfect. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a steroid, you might say. Encourage them to bloom. Yeah, zero forty five zero is pretty much a steroid for sure. Yeah, it is. But it has worked for me. You don't want to overdo it. Just, right. you know, be, you know, lightly. Uh, I have a question, though. I've already got uh, 
a lot of stuff up. Potatoes are up, and uh, and I've got uh, red cabbage, green cabbage, tall rabbi, cauliflower, all uh, doing nicely. I'd like to space out the plantings just a little bit so I don't plant them all at once because I don't have a real big space. Uh, but uh, last week I planted uh, six more call rabbi and six more cauliflower, and uh, five of the call rabbi are already shown like somebody's taking a blowtorch to them. Um, and really, I don't know if this just happened in the last day or two. And I also got six tomatoes out, and one of them is doing that. Um, so I, I'm really, uh, I'm not using city water. I'm, I have a well on the place to, to water the gardens. Right. And I don't usually spray right on the plant. I usually get around the mace, you know. So I really don't know what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> I've not had that happen before. Well, isn't the kohlrabi, isn't that a cool season? It is a cold season, and uh, so earlier the hot weather is just. It scorching. may be that that was doing it because the the earlier call rabbi is starting to put on the uh, uh, starting to show the bulb already. You right, know, where exactly. It, you know, I had it in a month. Yeah. Okay. So and it, it, it's a nice, cool, rainy weather, but the last few hot days might be doing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think. And the one tomato that's kind of headed downhill, I just think it may have not been a really great tomato in and of itself. Yeah. And that's why it's going downhill. Yeah, I got six early girls, right. and uh, and so you know, and I've got them a little bit protected because they do like warm weather. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, uh, and the other five are just you know really having fun. You know, I mean sure. they're looking great. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I mean you you know one out of six that's not too bad. So oh, no. really want all of them to do well, but if one of them heads downhill, well then that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, I understand that part of it. I just didn't know. Uh, I was hoping that well water wasn't polluted or anything. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. Years. Yeah, I've used it for years. So yeah, I'm surprised your garden center was selling cool season vegetables like kohlrabi. You know, this late in the years with the weather Uh way the weather is. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah, I try to get them as soon as they're available on the market. That was the other thing. You know, the early uh, a bunch I got about a month ago was as quick as I could find them. Right. And now, of course, Bonnie's delivering them all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and, thanks, uh, LD, and good luck with yeah. that. I don't think you have anything to worry about. It's just all having to do with the weather. So let's okay. take another call. Let's go to Sally in Creve Corps. Sally, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Very good. Uh, I have two quick questions. Uh, One is about uh, potting soil in um, my pots on my patio. Mm -hmm. Uh, I typically dump those out and um, clean them up, you know, take all the old roots and stuff out of it. And then I amend it with new potting mix annually. I don't dump them out and then use all new. Is that okay? Sure. That's what I, it's exactly what I do. Okay. And then the other. I've been doing it for like, you know, 40 years basically. Yeah. And then the other thing that I I noticed, and I've noticed it in the past, too, is the inside, these are all plastic pots. The inside of the pots have um, like a white stain. It's from the salt leaching um, out of the fertilizer and stuff. What can I use to scrub these pots and neutralize or get rid of all that, uh, the salt residue? You could just, I mean, physically scrub them, you know, and run water on it, or you could use vinegar. Vinegar. Yeah. 
So that's an acid, though. Yes. What if so you're, you're counteracting the alkalinity of the fertilizer, which is the white, salty-looking stuff. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so use a little vinegar in the water and just scrub them out real good, and I'm exactly. good. Exactly. All right. Either thank that you. or just don't worry about it. It's not well, that big of a deal. No, I, I've been doing a little reading. Sometimes the Internet's good. Sometimes it's, you know, too much right. information. But it it, uh, it talks about the um, salt residue causing a decline in your plants. And there was a year, not last year, but maybe two years ago, where my potted plants really didn't do well. And I don't think I paid any attention to that that year. And I just want to be sure I have nice, showy plants this right. year. I think, you know... It could have been weather. It could have been the plants. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah, that, I mean, that is somewhat of a concern, but I wouldn't be overly concerned with it. You know, if you do it every few years, you should be fine. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. You have a great weekend. Well, you do the same thing, Sally. And speaking of the Internet, I was looking at the Internet myself, and I saw that somebody was recommending putting beer, that's beer, you know, like glug, 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 uh, on your lawn. Now, I don't know if they meant having a party at your house, everybody getting drunk and spilling beer all over the place, or what they were actually talking about when they said put beer on your lawn. I mean, that is the most crazy thing I've ever heard of. Yes, beer has certain micronutrients and all this other stuff, but uh, when I saw that, I didn't bother reading the article. It was just like I saw the headline and woo but also something not related to the Internet, but to a mugle pine that I have right outside our kitchen window. I was sta- standing in the window just kind of looking out the other day, and I saw some really wiggly-looking stuff on the mugle pine. And I thought, what's going on here? So then, you know, I just sort of blew it off. I had a bunch of other stuff I had to do that day. But the- I went outside the next day, and I went over where I saw all this wiggly stuff. And what it turns out is my mugle pine has... European, those immigrants, pine sawflies. This is larvae. They're like caterpillars. There was a huge amount on, you know, on my mugo pine. I have a big mugo pine. And what these things do, it's the female is a wasp, non-stinging wasp. That why they call it a pine sawfly is because her tail, more or less, is like a saw, and she cuts a rip into the branches and of you know any kind of conifer lazy eggs in that and when they hatch then they become these caterpillars slash wormy things and what happens with they go and they just eat your needles on my mugo pine it was like i i counted all of them that were on there i didn't use any insecticide on them at all i just wanted to kind of see what was going to happen so i put a ziploc bag over my fingers over my hand and just went around and squashed i had over 150 of these pine saw flies on there. We've been in this house for almost 10 years, never saw any pine saw flies at all until this year, and they were prolific. So I, I just squashed them for the heck of it. It's kind of reminded me of when I was a kid growing up in Ellisville with the Fitzer junipers and the bagworms, just t- pulling those things off. So that's what I did with the pine saw flies. But, oh, it was brutal. So anyway, that was uh, the two stories. Party on, beer on your lawn. I don't know what that's supposed to do, but watch out if you do have any kind of conifers for the pine saw flies. Also realize with this very mild winter we had, there is going to be huge amounts of insects on all the plant material. I was sitting just kind of staring, you know, out in a lawn chair by one of my knockout roses. I saw aphids 
for the first time this year already. So be on the alert that there is going to be all kinds of different stuff going on. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, back to the phones we go and make sure that you're cutting your grass. Your zoysia should have already been cut low. Your bluegrass and fescue should have been cut low. Now you can start raising the height of the mowers. You can make one more application of uh, fertilizer on your cool season lawns, meaning fescues and bluegrasses. This is the time of year when you start feeding your zoys. You're going to feed it monthly. So it's fertilizing time. It's mowing time. Lawns are going to come to the peak of looking very good. Ed lives in O'Fallon. Ed, how are you today? Mike, is it too late to transplant hotchkiss plants? Uh, It's not too late necessarily, but with the way our weather has been, I would not advise doing it. In theory, you should be able to do it. It's just going to mean more care. The foliage is probably up, and the foliage is probably going to get damaged that is up. So I would wait, but you don't have to necessarily. If you're going to do it, I'd get it done ASAP. Okay. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for calling, and thanks for... To Chuck from Westport for calling in as well. Hi, Chuck. Hi, good morning, Mike. Mike, I've got a zoysia yard, and last summer I apparently got a fungus that uh, killed a part of it, probably maybe 10 or 15% before I realized what was going on. And so I put some applications down, and I think I stopped the fungus. Okay. But the, uh, the yard where it occurred the part of the yard where it occurred is just dirt now it's just there's no i know we're early still for zoysia grass but um there doesn't seem to be any life going on in in a lot of the area is dirt and now i've got a lot of clover and weeds just coming up everywhere so my question is can i um can i treat or repair that area or am i looking at maybe replacing the whole yard no no just go after the the area but what i do first is get those weeds out of there, either with an herbicide or hand digging or whatever, and then you can k- kind of work the soil up, maybe add a, you know, an inch or so of compost to the soil, and then get some zoysia solder plugs and put it back into that spot. Okay, so just in the areas where I, I should be able to rejuvenate those areas. Yeah, you know, just don't cut it exactly like the spot that got damaged by the, you know, the fungus or whatever it was. Go about six or eight inches inside to where, I mean, your zoysia should be turning green now. So if it's not, even the areas, I'm not talking about the area that was damaged due to the disease. I'm talking about your zoysia just in general. The first cut of the year should be about an inch or an inch and a half. And so it's mine, you know, zoysia is really kind of getting pretty darn green. But in, in reality, just go six inches into the area which wasn't damaged or beyond the area which wasn't damaged. Get that all taken out of there. Get all the weeds under control. And then, you know, you've got plenty of time to get the zoysia sod down. Okay, and it's is it too early still for zoysia sod? Yeah, I haven't seen it at the at the garden centers yet. Okay, so I'm gonna have to wait till early mid May. Yeah, it's just it's all weather dependent. They may be it may be there this weekend. I don't know, but I have not seen it myself. And do I have to wait a period of time after I treat the weeds? No, basically the weeds. If you're using a product like Roundup, it's systemic. Uh, you can just go ahead and wait till the weeds start showing signs of death before you do anything. But beyond that, you don't have to wait too much. Okay, terrific. Thank you very much. Yep. And now let's go to David in St. Louis. Hi, David. Hello. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I want to trim my boxwoods. Can you hear me okay? Yes. 
Yeah, my question is, is Maria Kina is really as stupid as she sounds on the air? Gee whiz, sir, uh, that's not very nice, but uh, thank you very much. And, yes, you can prune your boxwood, and maybe you should be pruning your boxwood rather than worrying about Maria Kina. So now let's go to Phil in Afton. So, Phil, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, Mike. I got uh, this uh, fall and winter some little uh, yellow to light green weeds that kind of grow in clumps are trying to take over my front yard. And I just wondered, uh, just use Roundup on that, and how soon could I put grass seed over the top of it once that's killed and will it have to be uh, pulled up once it's uh, killed? No, you know, without knowing specifically what type of weed you're talking about, this could be like a cool season weed. So in other words, it's been growing all winter long and everything has been dropping a huge amount of seeds. So yes, you can go ahead and spray it to get it under control. But what you need to understand is there's probably going to be weed seeds that have been dropped all through the, its growing season. There's two different types of weeds. One that germinates in August, grows all winter long, and when the weather starts warming up, it goes downhill. And, you know, that kind of finishes it. It goes dormant. It goes dead. It's, you know, it's an annual. And then it lays, you know, it's been laying seeds in those spots. So maybe think about getting under, under control if you want to with the Roundup. Uh, probably wait for a couple days after you put the Roundup down before you put any seed. It shouldn't have an impact on it. But just that way you're sure that whatever you're trying to kill with the Roundup has been killed. And just know that Roundup will kill. I mean, there are varieties of Roundup now that's just a broadleaf weed killer as opposed to an all-purpose weed killer. So you might think about using that if this is a broadleaf weed. Okay, well, this, the leaves on this are, are very small. It could be chickweed. It could be uh, there's something. There's a type of speedwell uh, that you, it could be. It could be you know. I mean, it could be several different things. So, and what color is the flower? Uh, there, there's no flower. Just the the little leaves on it are either uh, they're a yellow, but kind of between a yellow and a light green. Yeah, I would think it might be chickweed, and probably the hot weather is sending the chickweed downhill. So. I would not, uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even bother with trying to, you know, kill it with Roundup. You could go ahead and do it if you feel like, you know, comfortable doing it, but you don't have to worry about it. Wait, like I said, wait for a couple of days after you put that Roundup down, making sure the weeds are dead, and then rake the area, get some grass seed, and then with a seed starter type fertilizer to go down with the grass seed. Thank you, Mike. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. And. Steve from New Baden and Jim from Illinois. I don't think I'm going to be able to get to you before we go to the news at the top of the hour. But other things that uh, you need to be checking or looking at in your landscape is a gentleman that called earlier. He had bought some cool season vegetables and planted them. And with this hot weather, they are headed downhill fast. So things like pansies. Pansies look great. They have done a fantastic job so far. But I can, you know, with mine, I even have some on the north side, and pretty much they only get sun for maybe an hour or so, every day direct sun. But now that once you start to see your pansies, the flowers getting smaller and the stems elongating, that means they're headed towards, let's say, the end of their life. And it's not because I haven't fertilized them, because I have fertilized them. So that's, you know, when the cool season is basically over, which it is this year, because, you know, the warmness started very early. So container plants, you can certainly, as the lady called earlier, 
mix in new potting mix, not potting soil, potting mix with your existing. You can dump it out, mix it all together, put it back in, however you want to do it. And uh, you can install you know, your warm season annuals or your warm season vegetables, be it peppers or tomatoes, be it begonias. doesn't matter what it is. I've got my... Uh, cannas and elephant ears, they're potted up, and I'm waiting to see some growth on those. I haven't seen too much yet. So anyway, if you do have any questions, give us a call after the news. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.